Welcome to the Hope Elam Podcast. We are a diverse church in the heart of Des Moines, seeking to bring God's kingdom as we live more like Jesus. We hope that what you're about to hear points you to Jesus Christ. Know that we're praying for you and look forward to connecting with you soon. Yeah, you can give God praise, absolutely. It is so good to be together. I want to welcome you again here, whether you're in the room or the many that are worshiping with us online, wherever you may be on this cold January morning. We're so glad that you're here. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors here. If we haven't had a chance to meet, would love to connect with you. We need a word from God today. Amen? Maybe some of you have that tradition where you have a word for the year, but more than anything, we need a word from God today, and I think that he has that for us today. First of all, by the way, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We're so glad uh, that you are here starting out with a new, uh, a new rhythm, a new habit of worshiping weekly together. Great to have you here in the house today. This is an exciting time of year. I love this time of year for a lot of different reasons. There's a lot of different uh, energy and excitement and anticipation out there. People say things along the line of, oh, maybe, maybe this will be the year that I'll finally fill in the blank or whatever it is. Maybe, maybe this will be the year that I quit fill in the blank, whatever that is for you. And, and we know deep down inside that the change, the turn of a calendar does not have the power to change the human heart. Amen? The, the change of a calendar does not have the power to transform our lives, our habits, our, our relationship, our marriage, even our spiritual life. The change of a calendar doesn't mean a whole lot in that. And yet what I do love about this time of year is the sense of hope that it brings. And I don't know about you, but I could use some hope heading into 2022. Amen? I think we all need a little bit of hope. And we have that hope for the new year. None other, the only one that can bring change, true change, to our lives. And his name is Jesus Christ. And God gives us that promise of Jesus Christ and the hope that he brings right in the middle of the most unlikely of circumstances, right in the middle of the prophet's Isaiah's writings. In Isaiah chapter 43, we're going to start a little old school this morning and go back to the prophet Isaiah, and he says this. Let's read this nice and loud together. You're going to be much louder than the nine o'clock service. You've had breakfast. You've had your cups of coffee. Let's go, people. Let's start the year off right. Let's read it together. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. I am making a way in the wilderness and making streams in the wasteland. Now, some of you might think, oh, that's cute. I'll put it on my fridge as a magnet or I'll post it on my Instagram or that's really, really nice. But we got to take a step back and understand the context of what God is saying to his people and to us at the start of a new year. God's people, Israel, are in exile, meaning they are not where they want to be. They're in unideal circumstances. They've been removed out of their homeland, and they've been moved into captivity uh, in the Babylonian Empire. They're in Babylon, and they are not doing well. They are weighed down by guilt and shame over past mistakes that they've made. There's arguing, there's bickering, there's divisiveness. It's completely unideal. They are overwhelmed. They are lost. They are, are worried about an unknown future, and they are overwhelmed and stressed out. It's really too bad that we can't identify anything with God's word, you know, in our modern times here. Maybe you can identify this morning. I don't know where you're at, and right into the middle of that, God speaks a word of hope. 
God speaks this word of hope, and he says two things that I don't want you to miss this morning. Number one, forget the, the former things. In other words, let it go. Whatever you're holding on to this morning, let it go, let it go. Just like the song that plays on repeat in my house every single day. Let it go, let it go, because we have a six-year-old girl, and that's where we're at in life, right? But here's the thing. You can't grab on to what God has for you that's new in 2022 if you're still clinging on to something from the past. And there's some things that maybe you need to let go of, right? Maybe some of you, there's some anger. There's some bitterness. There's some resentment. Maybe it's from two hours ago, or maybe it's from 20 years ago. There are some things that you can't fully embrace the future until you let go of. A a mistake that you made. Something that you have regret about. What is God calling you to let go of? And secondly, God says what? I am making a way in the wilderness. I am going to do something new. Do you not perceive it? God is a God of new beginnings. Amen? And he wants to do something brand new in your life. And I don't say that in some cheesy, like, inspirational talk kind of way. This is who God is. And some of you are like, I can't see it. Whatever I'm up against today, whatever circumstances you walked in here with, I can't see it. I'm up against an addiction. I'm up against I can't find a job. I can't make ends meet. I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills this next month. Our marriage is on the rocks. I'm lonely. I don't have any friends. I lost a loved one. My heart is heavy in grief, and I can't see how I'm going to make it to the other way, other, other side of that, how, how God you're going to make a way. Well, God's ability to come through does not depend on your understanding how. Amen? God is the, God is the way maker, right? And so he says, I am making a way where... In the wilderness, God is not taking you out of your unideal circumstances and saying, poof, now your life as a Christian is perfect. He's saying right in the middle of wherever you're at, I'm going to come in and I'm going to walk alongside of you and I'm going to walk with you every single day because I am the way maker. Amen? That's who our God is. And so there is hope for you to get from wherever you are to wherever you want to go in this new year. And if you think about it, every single one of us has a here and a there. Every single one of us has a set, a reality, a set of circumstances of where you are in your life today, and then you have a there. Pretty much every single one of us, whether you're pursuing that or not, has a vision for the kind of man or woman that we want to become. Whether that's uh, relationally, whether that's emotionally, whether that's physically, or even spiritually, as we're going to dive in today, where is God calling you? What is that picture you're looking like? And the question this morning is, how are you going to get there? You can try to do it on your own strength. How's that going for you? There's a little Dr. Phil for you this morning. How's that going for you, right? Not very well when we try to do it on our own strength. How are you going to fill the gap to get from here to there? And God's word has something to say about that to us. And I want to offer you three key words that are going to guide our message today. And it's this. Everybody say prayer. prayer. Everybody say priorities. Prayer. Everybody say plug in. Prayer, priorities, and plug in. And they're in, a, they're, they're in that order for a reason because it starts with prayer. It starts by pausing. When you looked at the year ahead and maybe you've done some uh, annual planning or you've sat down together and figured out, okay, here's our schedule and our, our kids or, you know, my work schedule or my hobbies or whatever. Have you ever stopped and asked God his opinion? <laughs> have, you, have you ever thought about that the God that created the universe, the God that created you, The God that knows you better than you know yourself might have something to say about what you spend the next 365 days doing. 
God might have something to say about that. But here's what we do. We look at the world around us and we just assume, I'll just kind of copy and paste (laughs) exactly what I'm going to do from last year to this year. And everybody else around me looks like they're crazy busy, so I'm just going to kind of do that and move on. Do Do you ask God his opinion or do you just do your schedule and your priority and your agenda and ask God to bless it? And say, oh, that's God's will. Is it God's will, or is he just putting his stamp of approval on something you've already decided? The difference is a posture of humility. The difference is a posture of surrender. To ask the all-important question, God, what do you want to do in and through me in 2022? You might just be surprised that God actually is going to answer that prayer. That he has something to say to you about that. One small way, in a very practical sense, some of you are like, how do you do that. This has been a a tradition that my wife Tiffany and I have done for maybe five or six years now. We kind of have an annual meeting. We have a board of directors meeting for our family. It's just the two of us because the other two squirrels wouldn't last uh, in that meeting right now, but it's just the two of us. And so it started as like we'd have this whole weekend away and dream about our future together, and that was great. Uh, And then we had children, and then... um, and then it got to a day. We could find childcare for a day, just the two of us to, to get together. And this year, it was two hours of caribou with some coffee. Praise the Lord. And that was a miracle. That was, that was awesome. But we did it, right? And we call it, we call it our, yeah, you can, praise God. Um, thank you for applauding my lack of free time. So um, we did that, and, and we did this crazy thing. It's kind of a new trend that's starting, uh, is that, like, we sat across from each other without our phones, and we like looked at each other and we had a conversation and you can clap for that, right? We, we talked to each other. It's pretty awesome. You should try it sometime. It's, it's really, really cool. Um, I, I, you know, I have fat fingers and so texting is hard uh, for me. And so sometimes you can, you, your phone has this new feature where you can hear the other person. You can call them. You should try that too in the new year. It's, it's really, really cool. I digress. We're sitting there at the meeting and you know what we did? We said, God, what do you want for the Anderson family in 2022? Where do you want us to go on vacation? How do you want us to spend our Sabbaths, our our, our weekends together? God, what does it look like for us to build our family on the foundation of your love? What habits, what disciplines do we need to build in? God, who are you calling me to be? Who are you calling her to be? Who are you calling our kids to be? And how can we help each other thrive? When's the last time you asked that with your spouse? How can I help you thrive? How can I do whatever it takes to help you become the man or woman of God that he's created you to be. And so we did that, and it, it surprised us, because when we stepped back and looked at our plan, it was so different than maybe if we hadn't asked God at all, because we look around, and oh, you know, there's these other young couples and other young families, and everybody's just crazy busy. That's just the assumption. I got all these things going on, and so we assume that that's God's heart for us as we enter into yet another year. And we even do that. We just make that assumption, right? When we talk to each other, hey, how you doing? Staying busy? What if you looked at somebody and responded, nope. Like, we wouldn't know what to do with each other because we're so accustomed to stepping on the treadmill of life again and hitting fast forward, full blast. And that's what we just assume. Well, everybody, all the other, you know, young families have their kids involved in everything or running around like crazy and we don't have time for church. We don't have time for youth group or Hope Kids or anything. We don't have time to get involved or to serve or be in a small group because we've got, we're so busy. Have you ever slowed down and asked, why? And who told me to do that? Why is that a priority? What does that look like? How do you know what your priorities should be? And instead of being crazy busy, you know what God told us? I want you to be crazy healthy. I want you to actually take care of yourselves. And that's a really spiritual thing to do. Get, get eight hours of sleep a night. Take a nap once in a while. 
exercise, eat right. Those are holy things. Jesus took naps all the time. You want to be like Jesus? Take a nap, okay? <laughs> Amen? Take care of yourself, okay? How, how countercultural is that? Staying busy? Nope. Actually, I'm just going at a sustainable rhythm because that's how God created me. And that's what I'm going to pursue in 2022. I'm not going to look what all the other families are doing around me or what everybody's popping up online. We're going to do what God's called us to do. And so when you stop and you pause and you figure out what your priorities should be, how do you know what your priorities should be? God's word speaks right. Jesus says this in Matthew 6, Let's read it together. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus is inviting us to put him front and center, to make him the number one priority, not to steal our joy, not to say all those other things you want to pursue this year are bad. By all means, they're not. He says, but when you put me first, all the other things in your life are going to find their proper place. Amen? And I, I want to challenge you with something. Some of you are just roaring into the new year saying, I'm going to rock it as a mom. That's my number one calling in life, if you're a mom. Uh, I'm going I'm to rock it as a dad. Like my, my number one calling. Your number one calling in 2022 is not to be a mom. It's not to be a dad. It's not to be a grandparent. It's not to be a rock star friend. It's not to be an awesome employee or a small group member or, or a family member or whatever it is. Your number one calling in 2022 is to be a follower of Jesus and let that infiltrate every single other identity that you have. Amen? That's your calling. That is your calling. We are called to be disciples. Jesus says, I'm inviting you into a new kind of life. If you think about it, there's two different ways that we can live the Christian life. There's two different ways that you can view it. Most people view Christianity as a hobby of one of many things, or Christianity can be an identity. Okay, here's the difference, and I want to just bless you and overwhelm you with my art skills as we enter a new year together, all right? There's two different ways that you can view your faith. If your entire life is the, the whole pie or the whole pizza, however you want to call it, a lot of us, what we do is that we divide up our life into these categories, and, and rightly so, there's different parts of what you do, and you say, well, there's my work life, and there's my family life, and there's my friends, and there's my hobbies, and there's my finances, my money, oh, not my politics, because we should lead with that all the time, you know, that works out really well, uh, to lead with my politics, and we go, oh yeah, I forgot, church, or Sunday, or online worship or whatever it is let me just squeeze in my faith there and when it's convenient i'll make time for it and it's a piece of the puzzle and then i read the book of acts and i read about the early church and the followers of jesus for some of them they heard about it secondhand for some of them they were there they saw this man named jesus predict his own death and resurrection right and then do it like rise from the dead nobody ever loved like him nobody ever served like him nobody ever changed their life like him and they're going and he's a piece of the pie? How about he's just the whole blasted thing, and this is who I am. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ, and it fills in everything. No matter who I am or where I go, I follow Jesus. There is no slice of the pie, and you're never going to get filled up, and you're never going to have your full impact as a Christian by living it like a hobby by one of several things. And it feels like, oh God, you're trying to take my joy because all the world's over here experiencing all these fun things. Jesus wants to fill you with his joy this year. And the only way that you're going to find that is by seeking first the kingdom of God and all these things will follow. It's interesting as you look throughout the New Testament, that word disciple 
there, mostly in the Greek, is used 268 times in the New Testament. The word Christian is used three times. The word church attendee, a big whopping zero, okay? What does that tell you? Christianity is a call to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen? To be a follower of Jesus Christ. That's what we are called to do. A disciple of somebody is this Greek word. One of the words for disciple is methetes. Everybody say methetes. means learner or student or disciple. And if you are a student, if you're a disciple of somebody, what that meant in Jesus' day is that you followed a rabbi was what that term was used for. And the rabbis were the religious leaders of the day, and they modeled what it looked like to follow Yahweh, to follow God. And so all the young men in those days were the only ones that could pursue this. Would, if you had the opportunity to follow a rabbi, you wouldn't just study under them in the synagogue. You would literally model your life after them. And there was this series of habits and lifestyles that the rabbi would exemplify, and then you would reorganize and reorient every aspect of your life in order to be like your rabbi. This wasn't a hobby that you did in your free time. This was an all-in lifestyle. I want to become like you. And that lifestyle or that, that, that rhythm and that, that list of habits was called a yoke, right? Any Bible readers in the house? Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says, take my what? Take my yoke upon you, not an egg yoke, my yoke my way of life, my lifestyle upon you, and learn from me. For I am gentle, humble in heart. I won't place anything ill-fitting on you. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened and in need of rest. That's what kind of rabbi we have. Amen? You're a little tired out headed into 2022? You found the right person to follow. And so instead of making it a hobby, what they would do is they would reorient their entire lives. Just as if you wanted to be a world-class athlete, if you wanted to be an Olympian that's coming up here in a little bit, if you wanted to be a a famous uh, musician or an artist or something like that, you wouldn't do it in your free time. If if you said, I want to get in shape and I want to be healthy, I'm not going to lay on the couch and eat Cheetos and binge Netflix for the next couple months, right? There's a series of habits that you are going to instill, and there are a series of habits as followers of Jesus that we're called to live out as well. That's our new sermon series, Five Habits of Highly Effective Christians. I don't know, just a show of hands, does anybody kind of want to be a, um, I don't know, like a ho-hum Christian this year? Anybody kind of want to go halfway on that? Kind of Anybody want to be a, uh, a lukewarm Christian? Anybody want to sign up for that, right? But sometimes that's what we do. And we say, a highly effective Christian, yes! I want to activate my faith. I want to live, I want to make an impact. I want to live a life worth living, we say, but I don't want to make the sacrifices in order to get there. If I want to be the next Tiger Woods, right, I probably need to golf more than the four times that I went this last summer, right? I got to build in some new habits and some new rhythms. And so over these weeks, we're talking about this. Last week, Pastor Hurst talked about the importance of Sabbath, about gathering weekly to make that a weekly priority in the new year. Today, we're going to talk about growing. Next week on Dr. King weekend, we're going to talk about the power of love, groups, and giving. These are the habits, and I want to make something clear. We do not do these things in order to earn God's love. Some of you maybe grew up in a church culture or a church or somebody told you, here's the things you got to do, right? When you follow Jesus, they're not a got to, they're a get to, right? Because you can't earn something that you already have. 
We don't do spiritual disciplines in order to earn God's love. We do them because he already loves us. And he's inviting you into this, right? So I want to be like that rabbi. I want to be like that leader. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to be like him. And that's where we're going. This isn't a hobby. This is a lifestyle. And so you don't become a disciple on accident. (laughs) You You don't unintentionally just fall into maturity. One of our values as a church is this. Christianity is a growing experience. Let's say that together. Christianity is a growing experience. None of us have arrived. I'm looking out there today. I don't see anybody wearing a cap and gown because you graduated from Christianity, right? Been there, Jesus. Been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, led some Bible studies, been going to church my whole life. I have arrived. That is a telltale sign that you haven't. The most humble people don't ever have to tell you that they're humble. They just live it out. You want to know who the servant leaders in this church are? The ones that are behind the scenes, quietly following Jesus, quietly inviting people to church, quietly serving, quietly scraping gum off the floor, quietly sticking around, talking to people, serving you breakfast, serving in the nursery right now, wearing those blue shirts, getting here, but, and they don't need any applause for it because they've received the applause of heaven. That's what servant leaders do. That's what we do. Christianity is a growing experience. Every single one of us is called to be a lifelong learner of Jesus and ask the question, how do I grow? How do I get from here to there spiritually? How do I do that? But here's the thing, I gotta stop. Some of you have never asked that question, and here's why. Because depending on your family of origin, your family system, depending on the type of church that you grew up in, which we have dozens of here at Hope Elam. We are just a melting pot in the city of Des Moines, and I love that. We just throw a little bit of everything in here, and it's, it's great. It's awesome. But that means we've got a variety of experiences and types of churches and types of denominations, and some of you have grown up with the idea that Christianity is showing up at an event in a building for an hour once a week and listening to some guy or gal yak at you for a while. And I'm going to go, yay, goosebumps, woo, post it on my Facebook, go home. Some of you, oh, it was an amazing sermon, such an inspiring sermon by Pastor John. You go home, it's 3 o'clock, you're dozing off to the football game, and somebody says, hey, what was the message about today? Oh, it was awesome. It was about, uh, you know, Jesus and church and everything, you know, like that. And we just kind of move on with our lives, right? Some of us have grown up that there is no spiritual growth. You're just a Christian, you just get saved, and you're like, well, hope I'm going to go to heaven someday. And you miss out on the fact that eternal life starts now. The abundant life that Jesus promises for us starts now, and you can step into it. When Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly, it's not like wait around for a church service in the clouds someday. He's like, now the kingdom of God is at hand, amen? And you can step into that now. Christianity is a growing experience. So some of you say, why would I ever join a small group? Church people are weird. Well, we weren't weird until you got here, so just deal with it, right? (laughs) Why would I ever take a class? Because this is all there is. And sometimes we don't know what we're missing until we experience it. Sometimes you don't know what you need until you get a little bit of an upgrade and God shows you something a lot different about where you've been and what you've experienced your entire life. It makes me think of an experience I had. This was maybe six or seven years ago. We have some friends that lived up in St. Paul and they are huge hockey fans. 
and I don't know anything about hockey, but it sounded fun, and he has tickets, and his season tickets were uh, up pretty high. So we go to the Minnesota Wild game, and this is it. I mean, it was full like that. It was jam-packed, energy in the stadium, tens and thousands of people, and our tickets were amazing. They were right about here. Uh, is where our, our tickets were. They were like the, the nosebleed of the nosebleed, way, way, way up there. And yet, there we are. We're at a professional hockey game, and it's great, and it's awesome, and there's a lot of energy, and uh, we're enjoying it, and, and it's great, and we're having our drinks and our popcorn and everything like that. And all of a sudden, it's about uh, somewhere between the first and second uh, periods in hockey, and this dad and his son start walking up towards us. I'm like, they don't look like they work here. I mean, I don't I know I'm from Iowa, but I don't think I'm going to get kicked out here uh, in Minnesota. And they come walking up to us and they say, hey, uh, we've got two tickets. We're season ticket holders here. And my son's got a, a thing and we've been to plenty of games and it looked like you guys were really, really into it and thought maybe you guys could use a little bit of an upgrade. I'm like, we looked at each other like, uh, yes, we'll take that. I mean, I love my seats up here, but I'm floating on the clouds up here. So maybe I could come back down. He's like, yeah, I hope they're pretty good seats. And we take them to one of the, the workers there and he's like, um, these are up against the glass. These are in the front row. We're like, score! And so here we go, and our seats are now right there. This is my first professional hockey game ever. Like, they are right there. I feel like I'm on the ice. I can tell what flavor gum these guys are chewing. I can see the sweat coming off of their foreheads. They are saying really nice Christian words to each other as they ram their bodies into each other and draw blood. You know, all that in Christian love. And it's, it's this awesome experience. I'm just like, I feel like I'm in the middle of the game. I'm looking at my buddy saying, this is awesome. This is incredible. This is amazing. We had the most, I didn't finish my pop or my popcorn because I'm just like so engrossed in the game. I'm so engaged in something that I had been in, but I got a completely different experience. And we were driving home and I'm just like shaking from excitement. And I turn over and I look at my buddy and I say, I never want to sit in the nosebleed section again. Like you eat we got to get an upgrade. I don't care how much it costs because I, I don't want to experience hockey any other way because sometimes you don't know what you're missing until you experience it. And you can go and you can sit through something your entire life and not know the adventure that's available to you. Amen? The same is true. Hope Elam, as we, as we enter a brand new year, let's not be a nosebleed section kind of church that's just taking it in and consuming it. Let's be right down and engaged where the action is for the kingdom of God here in Des Moines. Amen? We need you involved. We need you engaged. There is so much more that God has for us. I didn't know what I was missing. And maybe you don't either. And I want to challenge you this morning. Is your current view of what it means to be a member of a church? Is your current view of Christianity based on your family of origin? Is it based on your denomination or your church growing up? Nothing wrong with that. There's just some skewed perspectives up there. Is it based on your cultural upbringing that this is what we did? Or is it based on Jesus' invitation in his word? That's what I'm after. It's not a black thing or a white thing or a Lutheran thing or a Baptist thing or a Pentecostal thing or a Catholic thing. It's a biblical thing. Jesus is calling you to follow him 24-7, seven days a week. Amen? That's the invitation today. Don't miss out on it. Don't be sitting way up here. And Jesus says, I want you right in the action right in the middle of the action. And the Apostle Paul talks about this in our scripture reading for today. So if you don't know what you're missing, Paul says this. Christ gave himself the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, the teachers. So that's the role of leaders, of staff, of servant leaders in the church so that the body of Christ may be what? 
built up. There's an action-oriented nature to that. Until we all, until we what? All. No, just the pastors, just the paid church staff, just those crazy Christians, right? No, that's not what it says. Until we all reach what? Unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become what? Mature. No, just lazy. Just kind of sit back. Just kind of take no. Mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So what is Paul saying? Let's take it apart. What is the goal of Christianity? To become what? Mature. To grow up. Just as we expect our kids, our grandkids to grow up, that's what God calls us to be as well. The church was never designed to be an orphanage with, the, with a couple spiritual mothers and fathers. The church was designed to be a healthy family that reproduces, that has babies, that they grow up in the faith, and they are multiplied and reproduced to go start other small groups and other churches and other, uh, other leaders in the kingdom of God. That's what a healthy church is that has tons of spiritual mothers and fathers that are investing in others and growing them up in the faith. That's what Paul's talking about here. So the goal is to become mature. What does it mean to be mature? To experience the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Disciples are people that are increasingly thinking, feeling, and acting like Jesus. They have the character and the competency of Jesus. They have the heart, they have the head, they have the heart, and they have the hands. That's what it means to be a disciple or a follower of Jesus. We're becoming mature. We're looking more and more like Jesus, and it's for everybody. Therefore, a disciple is not necessarily measured by how long you've been attending the church. Discipleship is not measured by the color of your skin, your family of origin, your denomination going up, how many Bible studies you've attended or led, how many classes you've attended or led. It doesn't even matter your physical age, and that's why in this church there are some 20-somethings that are discipling 70-somethings. It has nothing to do with your physical age. It has to do with what God is doing inside of your heart. Because here's the truth. You can be a full-time churchgoer and a part-time disciple. And for some of us, you can grow old and never really grow up. I don't want that for myself. I want to have something to offer. I, I want to I have something to offer my kids. I want to have something to offer you as a church. So God has called me to grow. Because you can only teach what you know. You can only lead people where you're going yourself, but you can only reproduce who you are. I can tell my kids all day long I want them to be passionately in love with Jesus, but if they don't see that lived, if they see it for an hour on a stage once a week, it's empty. They need to see it on Wednesday afternoon. They need to see it when I'm at my best and I'm at my worst. That's where the impact is going to be made. If they see that, and the same is true for all of us, because here's the thing that a lot of us love to do. I, I hear a lot of people say, John, I want to grow in my faith. I, I want to make an impact. I want to be, have a closer connection with God. But the challenge that we run up to that I see so many people doing is that we, we're trying to consume our way to maturity. We're trying to consume our way to maturity. And here's what I mean by that. In, in your pocket right now or in your hand, you have access to any church, to any pastor, to any motivational speaker, to any, any blog, any article, any podcast that you want in the world. And that's great. And we want you to do that. And we want you to come to worship and hear God's word proclaimed. My question to you is, who is challenging you to live it out? Who is walking alongside of you because you cannot consume your way to maturity? And the reason that that can't happen is, number one, that's not how adults learn. And number two, that's not how Jesus modeled it. Let me show you. Again, 
uh, I want to draw for you one of my favorite shapes, not a circle, but a triangle. This isn't spiritual research, this is academic research by people that have written books about this, about how adults learn, about how we grow. And they are widely agreed upon that 10% of the way that we learn is through teaching, is through information, hearing a talk, hearing from a professor, hearing from a teacher, hearing a pastor speak from a stage. But that's only 10% of how we learn. This isn't, this isn't the Bible, this is just how God wired us up psychologically. 20% of how we learn, do you want to guess what that is? It's mentoring and coaching. It's having people follow up with you. It's sitting down with your professor. It's sitting down with a counselor, a pastor, a best friend, a leader, a coach, and saying, hey, help me with this. Getting some one-on-one -on -one or one-on-two individual attention, some follow-up, mentoring and coaching. And what does that leave for 70%? What do you think? How do we learn? Doing it. Experiencing it. And so Jesus, being one of the smartest, the smartest guy to have ever lived, says, I know what I'm going to do. And so what do you see Jesus doing in the Gospels? It's not just what Jesus said, it's how he discipled people, and maybe we're called to do the same as a church, okay? And so 10%, yes, Jesus taught all about the kingdom of God. He taught everywhere, in boats, on mountainsides, on hillsides, Jesus taught. But he knew if it was going to stick... The disciples, they can't be what they can't see. And so what did Jesus say? He said, come, follow me. There was information, but there was also imitation. Everybody say imitation. imitation. Pardon my spelling. It's hard to write up here. Imitation. Jesus says, I'm going to give you access to my life. Who has access to your life? Like besides the people that live with you. Can anybody see your faith being lived out the rest of the week? How do we know if it's genuine or not? If somebody followed you around for three or four weeks, would there be enough evidence to incriminate you if you were on trial for being a Christian? Imitation. And last but not least, what did Jesus do? <laughs> he said, go and do it. Pray for people. Pray for, pray for healing. Cast out demons. Go do it. Share your faith. Start churches. And in the book of Acts, the church explodes. Why? Because Jesus did it all? No, because he said, go do it. Go innovate. Everybody say innovation information, imitation, innovation. Jesus says, go and be that kind of church. But here's the danger in 2022 for a lot of churches in the Western world, right? This is what we do. We'll live our entire Christian lives right here. Go, wow, what an inspiring sermon, Pastor John. That's awesome. And it never changes us. It never takes root. Why? Because you can't consume your way to maturity. And I want to challenge you this morning when it comes to imitation and innovation. Who's discipling you? And who are you discipling? Go and make disciples, Jesus says. Not Bible study attendees, not churchgoers, not nice church people. Go and make disciples. And you can only make disciples if you are a disciple. You can't give away what you don't have. Who is asking you the tough questions? Who is challenging you? Who loves you enough, as Paul says in Ephesians 4, to speak the truth in love. Do you have any friends that tell you what you need to hear or just what you want to hear? If you have those kind of friends, hold on to them. Those are real friends. People that care more about you looking like Jesus than you being comfortable. Have those kind of friends in your life. Imitation that you're iron sharpening iron with and then go live it. Go do it together. Let's be that kind of a church. Where are you living out your faith? Not just hearing about it, but doing it. James chapter 1 puts it this way, right, right to a T. James says this, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. 
do what it says. We got some Bible studies. Let's get some Bible doings going on. Anybody want to start one of those groups? That'd be awesome. Anybody who listens to the word but does not do what it says, get this, is like somebody that looks at their face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Some of you, that's ridiculous. That's what you and I do all the time. Go and do it. I don't want to move on to the next thing because I haven't learned how to do that yet. I want to learn how to love my neighbor. I want to learn how to pray. I don't want to just sing songs about it. I want to do it. I don't want to be up in the nosebleed section. I want to be fully engaged. I, I think about the times in my life that I've grown the most is when I haven't done it by myself. Is when I, I've done it with others. I've been meeting with two other guys for about five or six years now, and they both happen to be pastors, but the greatest gift that they give me is that they call me out and they treat me as John. As a regular human being, as a man that has faults, that has blind spots, and we challenge and we encourage each other, and they love me enough to tell me the hard truth sometimes. It's a gift to me. Do you have those kind of people? I've never seen anybody reach their full potential in Christianity alone. Oh, I'm just an introvert. So am I, big time. I'm scared out of my mind every time I get up on this stage. But it's not about me. It's not about your personality traits. It's not about your preferences. It's how God's created you. We are in the middle of a pandemic right now, but we're also in the middle of a loneliness pandemic because of that. Some of you are desperate. You're so lonely. You're desperate for friends. What if you could find that in the church? Not like fake, like weird people. Well, we're all weird, right? But not... What if you could find real friends in the church? We want to help you do that. I don't want you to miss out on the adventure of following Jesus because you had a bad experience or because you've been limiting, limiting the adventure of following Jesus to an hour a week. Think about it <laughs> this way. I don't, I don't know, this time of year, I, I love decorating our house for Christmas. And we have a few of these. Anybody have one of these in your house or had one of these up, the snow globe? Anybody? Okay, one of you, four of you, great, okay. So this is a snow globe, it's a cool thing, and you shake it, and it's like your own personal blizzard and everything like that. It's, it's really fun. We had one of these growing up when I was a little boy, and uh, Mary and Joseph were inside of the little glass bubble in their little wor world, and you know, this is how my eight-year-old mind works. I don't know why I thought this, but I would just always look at them and imagine they were like real in my imagination and think to myself, I wonder if they know that there's more than that. Right? Like when you want to play with Legos, I wonder, I wonder if they know there's this big world called my house. You know? I wonder if Mary and Joseph knew in there. I wonder if this little reindeer in there, I, I drank way too much coffee at Caribou and they gave me this for free. So um, <laughs> I, wonder if it, I wonder if he knows there's more beyond the glass bubble. I wonder, I wonder if he knows there's more beyond his comfort zone. I, I wonder if he knows that there's more than that. Now I want you to compare and contrast this version of Christianity, living your life in your comfort zone with only your little bubble. So this video I'm going to show you next, there's these crazy people, they're known as base jumpers, and they do exactly what I just said. They find a base anywhere, and they jump off of it. They wear these, like, squirrel-like costumes, and then they start flying, literally flying everywhere, and it turns out there's hundreds of these crazy people, and they do this all the time. And what I, I want to tell you that in order to ask you this. What's the difference between this kind of faith and this kind of faith? Take a look. <laughs> Doesn't something 
like inside of your soul, just go, like I'm scared out of my mind, but I want that. Good, because that's our initiation activity for new member class. So join us for right after. I'm going to strap you up and get up on the roof and experience the love of Jesus. Do not fear is mentioned a lot in the Bible. I don't know about you, but when I watch that, something inside of me goes, I don't know if I could ever bring myself to do that, but man, those people are experiencing something that I may never get to because I might chicken out. Because I might never take that leap of faith. Limiting your faith, Christianity to a bad church experience that you had or a way that you got burned in the past by religion or, or even limiting Christianity to an hour a week and listening to some guy give a sermon, <laughs> that's it, is like telling one of those men or women to have a really abundant life in here. And I am so filled with joy to be able to tell you today, there is so much more. As your pastors of this church, we love you and we care for you enough to say, don't miss the adventure of following Jesus. Don't be a full-time churchgoer and a part-time disciple. There is so much more for you, amen? Exceedingly, abundantly more God has for you in 22. And it may not always be easy, but following Jesus doesn't make life any easier. It makes life worth living. And Jesus wants you to experience that in your soul. Hope Elam in 2022, what if we weren't this kind of a church that came every week and went through the motions and said, well, I'm here. There's nice little snowflakes and I'm comfortable. I'm here in my comfort zone. Let, let's be that kind of church that moves from the nosebleed seats down to where the action is. Let Hope Elam, let's be the kind of church that links arms together and jumps off wherever they were jumping off of and say, I don't want to miss a single thing that you have for me, Jesus. I, I don't want to just talk about prayer. I want to pray for people. I don't want to just hear sermons about healing. I want to lay my hands on people and experience healing in our nation, in our world, and in my life, and in my family. I, I don't want to just go through the motions. I don't want to just sing songs about sharing our faith and evangelism and reaching this neighborhood and being a beloved community. I want to do it. I want to jump out of the plane and link arms and be some of those people that take risks for the kingdom of God. That's what I want to do. How do you get from here to there? You live with intentionality. You, 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 get, you do something that's out of your comfort zone. Maybe, maybe for you, that's coming to the new member class today. And some of you are like, new member class? I got games to watch. I got stuff to do. Hey, lunch is on us. You're going to meet some people. It's, gonna be, it's a win-win. And here's the thing. New member class is not for people that are saying, oh, you know, I was kind of looking for a perfect church. And this isn't it, so I can't join. New member class is for people that say, this church is messed up with a bunch of messed up broken people and I'm one of them and I'm going to link arms with these people and help change the city of Des Moines. That's what new member class is all about. You can't grow unless you put your roots down. Unless you say, this, is, this isn't a perfect church, but these are my brothers and sisters. This is my family. I'm just going to come learn more about it. Maybe for you it's not new member class, it's taken alpha. And I get it. Some of you are like, I've never done that before. 
When's the last time that you grew? Chances are you grew because you did some, something you've never done before. There are people that came to the last uh, alpha class that didn't know each other from anybody, and now they're in a small group together. Now they hang out all the time. Now they're in each other's homes. You meet other people. You connect with other people. You grow in your faith. I talk to people. Pastor Erz and I talk to people every single week that have doubts and fears and questions. Bring them all. Skeptics, welcome. Doubters, welcome. People that have been following Jesus for 30 years, welcome. Gospel is going to hit you in a brand new way. For some of you, it's going to be coming to men's ministry or women's ministry. The women had an awesome event yesterday. They do that every month. The men, you can come on Saturday morning at 8 o'clock this Thursday at 7.30. For those of you that are more evening people after the kids are in bed, maybe. New Men of Hope Elam starting at 7.30 every single Thursday, starting this Thursday right here at the church as well. So you got different options of how you can connect, morning or evening. We are doing a year of community as a church that you're going to hear much more about in the next couple weeks. And we mean it when we say in the next couple months, we want every single person at Hope Elam to be in a small group. Why? Because we need to fill out some quota? No, because we love you. And I've never seen anybody grow alone, (laughs) reach their full potential. It's how we grow the best. We need each other. And that's what we're going to be moving into in the next couple months. Maybe for you, it's that. Maybe for you, it's starting a Bible reading plan. Maybe for you, it's spending a little bit of time with Jesus every single day and, and stepping into that. Over the last couple weeks, we've shared this vision of being a beloved community. Dr. King talked about based on God's word. And it's felt like God said to me this morning, you can't have the vision without the sacrifice. And we can't be a beloved community unless we know each other. Something powerful happens when we move from rows to circles. How many of the people do you know around you right now? How many of the people would you know if you came to new member class or you came to Alpha or you found a small group or you came to men's ministry or women's ministry and you sat and said, this is who I am. I'm not perfect, but I need you and you need me. So I'm going to take a step of faith. You know my favorite thing about that crazy video is? (laughs) Did they jump out of the plane alone? Now some crazy ones did, but those ending shots, you know what I love about them? They said, if you're going out... (laughs) We're going out together. (laughs) And they linked arms and they took the leap of faith together. That's a picture of Hope Elam in 2022. Not playing it safe for the kingdom of God, but taking a leap of faith and being the church. Amen? Prayer, priorities, and plugging in. Where is God calling you in 2022? Wherever you're at, online or in the room, let's stand together and let's worship this God that has never lost a battle. Thanks so much for joining us. To find out more about Hope Elam, follow us on Instagram at hope.elam or visit our website at hope-elam.org.